We're here at Astrotech Space Operations in Florida with the European Space Agency Project Manager for the Solar Orbiter Spacecraft, Ian Walters. Ian, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Listen, I'm wondering, you're responsible for the entire spacecraft, so tell us, what are the key features of the Solar Orbiter? Well, I think the one feature that most people will realize is because we're going so close to the sun, we'll need to protect ourselves against that. Uh, and the way we do it for this mission is to hide from the sun. We hide behind a heat shield. Uh, and the heat shield itself can tolerate the enormous temperatures that we see. We're 42 million kilometers from the sun at the closest approach. It doesn't sound that close to most people, <laughs> but when you think we're 150 million kilometers here on Earth, it's a lot, lot closer. So we expect to see temperatures around 600 degrees centigrade. Most of the spacecraft can't tolerate that kind of temperature, but the heat shield can. So we design uh, specifically a shield for that purpose, and we hide behind the shield for the, for the entire 10 years of the mission. Now, I know other spacecraft have done this. They can go close to the sun, but how do you test <laughs> a shield where you're going to be that close for a mission like this? It's a good question. So we can't test a spacecraft the entire spacecraft at 600 degrees. We have to test the components themselves, and then uh, we do a, an all-up spacecraft test, but at lower temperature. So the heat shield itself has been exposed to those kind of temperatures. We built a, a bespoke um, test environment in which we could reach the temperature. So the heat shield has been tested to 600 degrees. Also, the elements that poke out into the, um, the, the, the solar environment as well, so the solar arrays, for instance, and the high-gain antenna, they both also see 600 degree uh, temperatures, so they've also been tested to those temperatures as well. Now, uh, you talk about the testing and you said 10-year mission, so it's one thing to tolerate that kind of temperature. How do you test for that amount of time? Well, we don't test, of <laughs> course, in, on the ground for 10 years. Um, we do material level tests, accelerated tests of the materials to show that they can tolerate um, the full duration of the mission. For instance, we have special coatings. Um, we have something called Embio Black, um, which is, is very, very black. You know, I think it's one of the blackest materials we've ever flown in space. Um, and we've made sure that it stays black and it doesn't degrade under the intense uh, radiation environment you find close to the sun. Um, we also have a material called Embio White, uh, very much similar to Embio Black with white. Um, problem with white paint is that they can start to go gray um, under extreme ultraviolet exposure. Um, so we've tested those materials, those coatings, uh, with accelerated tests to show that they will survive the 10 years. Awesome. Now, obviously the heat shield is a big challenge. You seem to have taken care of that. What are some of the other challenges on this mission? Because you have a lot of instruments on yes, board. Yes, that's right. We have uh, 10 instruments altogether. Um, six of them are what we call remote sensing instruments. So they look at the sun through the heat shield um, or next to the heat shield. We also have four in-situ instruments, which measure the environment around the spacecraft, so the local environment. Um, so 10 instruments is a lot. Each has their own unique challenges. Uh, each instrument will bring uh, specific requirements to the spacecraft design, and some of those can be real challenges, real design drivers at spacecraft level. I'll give you one example. Um, we have an extremely sensitive magnetometer on board. It measures the magnetic fields local to the spacecraft uh, in, this, in the plasma being emitted from the sun. It's extremely important to measure the magnetic fields uh, around the sun. It seems we don't have yet a very good model of how the sun works in terms of its magnetic fields and so on. And so we're taking a very, very sensitive magnetometer there to find out. Um, of course, what we don't want to measure is the magnetic field of the spacecraft. So we have to make sure the spacecraft effectively disappears as mm. far as its magnetic field is concerned. 
how to make a spacecraft out of material which is non-magnetic. It's quite difficult. Um, there are features of the spacecraft that have to use magnets. Um, the reaction wheels, for instance. These are spinning wheels that we use to control the pointing of the spacecraft, which is, as you can imagine, so important yeah. that we hide behind a heat shield yes. all the time for 10 yeah. years <laughs> that we don't accidentally depoint from the sun. Um, so those reaction wheels are critical for the mission, but they have spinning magnets inside. We have to make them disappear. So we built a special uh, shield around those uh, reaction wheels made out of new metal, um, which is a, a very strong attenuator of magnetic fields. But we couldn't easily measure it. As you know, the Earth's magnetic field is uh, you know, much, much higher than the this signal we want to measure. So we have to make the Earth's magnetic field disappear as well in order to measure how effective those shields were. Um, we did it at reaction wheel level. We were sure the shielding would be good. Um, we also get some shielding from the spacecraft components again. But we were looking for an attenuation of a million, million times uh, less field uh, from mm. the wheels by the time it gets to the magnetometer. Very difficult to test. And in fact, we could only test those uh, at spacecraft level in a special chamber uh, in the woods in Germany, um, mm. which effectively makes the Earth's magnetic field disappear. Wow. And then we can really see what signal is coming out of the reaction wheels and can it be measured by the magnetometer. And I'm pleased to say when we did that test last June, we could not see the wheels at all. Yeah? The shields were completely effective. So this is a, just one example of how a, an instrument requirement can have a very strong drive on a spacecraft design. And, and you talked about the magnetic field of the spacecraft, but, but also would the other instruments also have potential uh, sort of magnetic fields that you also had to be wor worried about as well? That's right. So there's an intercompatibility uh, issue, we call it, uh, between one instrument and another. Uh, that's particularly relevant for thermal performance. Of course, um, we designed this to really to the limit of what's possible. So it, it means that if one instrument is, uh, has a higher heat dissipation, then that has to be accounted for by the other instruments and by the spacecraft design. Um, we also have a, a, an instrument called the Radio Plasma Wave Analyzer, RPW. It's the three long booms that you see in the picture, uh, which extend far, far from the spacecraft. Um, these have uh, reflective components on them which scatter sunlight back to the spacecraft. And we have to account for that scattered light in the spacecraft design and, and make sure that the other instruments are not perturbed by that. Now, <laughs> oh, sure. as project manager for the spacecraft, you've tested and everything looks like we're go for launch, but you're still in charge of the spacecraft until we launch. So when do you actually get to relax? When is your job over? I'd like to say probably two seconds after the rocket has left the pad. Uh, I know I won't relax even then because I know how critical the next few hours are uh, of the spacecraft mission. Uh, we have to get through what we call the LEOP sequence, uh, the launch and early orbit operations phase. Uh, so for the next few hours after launch, that automatic sequence, which is um, controlling the attitude of the spacecraft, uh, making sure that everything is safe and secure, um, that we're not reliant on the battery but now have the solar array power, um, so all of those will be very exciting moments. I don't think I'll be that relaxed. Let's say the day after launch, then I think I can relax. Awesome. And so how would you define success from a, from a uh, spacecraft standpoint uh, for you personally? Yeah, for me, it's all about the science. So I want to see a successful science mission. I want to see good science return. I want to know that all the design drivers that we've designed and tested on the ground actually work in space. So when we want the magnetic field to disappear, we want to see that with the magnetometer results when they switch it on. 
Uh, same for the radio plasma wave analyzer. We want to see that it's not measuring electrical fields being emitted by the spacecraft. We can test all of that on the ground, but not perfectly. So I want to be sure that the science return we're going to get back is going to be really awesome.